Welcome to episode 66 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, code enforcement. I don't know how many times I've either taken a listing, bought a property, and come to find out that a neighbor is doing something that's making the street look ugly. And we all know that feeling when you've purchased a property or maybe you're getting ready to sell a property that you have and you go to inspect the area, kind of get ready for the market, and your neighbor has an RV parked in the front yard or a sofa sitting out in the front yard or, or a blue tarp on the roof or maybe they haven't cut their yard in months and it just looks like a jungle. Um, we're going to be talking today about how the city of Oklahoma City takes care of these issues. We're going to be on the phone with one of the code enforcement officers and we're going to understand exactly this process and what are the steps that we can take to protect our properties during times of code violations. Because believe it or not, those folks that are doing those activities are actually against the code. So we're going to be talking about that today on the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show, covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Whit. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. All right, Chad, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. We're happy you're on the show today. Well, thank you. Chad, tell us a little bit about your job and what you do. I'm the Code Enforcement Superintendent here for the City of Oklahoma City. Excellent. How long have you been doing that? I have, uh, I've been in this position for about four or five months. I've been with the city for a total of of uh, almost 20 years, and I've spent the last 15 years here in code enforcement. Wow. Okay. So you definitely have an intimate uh, knowledge of Oklahoma City. You've been been through a lot of changes in Oklahoma City. Um, well, so the listeners are interested. We got a. This is a, in response to an email that we received as far as code enforcement, how it works. Um, some of these folks have either bought real estate as investors or they own it as primary dwelling, and they've noticed maybe some of their neighbors um, have long grass growing or maybe an RV parked in the front lawn and various concerns and and so they wanted to know what is the process in Oklahoma City to getting uh, our streets to be cleaned up well first and foremost we get probably I would say we get about 80% of the calls that that code enforcement receives come through the Action Center so if a citizen sees something on a on their street or in their neighborhood that has some concern to them contacting the Action Center and getting that complaint in will get that complaint to the to the right person or or department that would take care of that complaint. So if it's a code enforcement concern, we would get it. If it's a building concern, uh, the development center could get it. If the street's got a pothole in it, what have you, uh, contacting the action center. Their phone number is two nine seven two five three five, and then you can also reach them at okc.gov. So after so, yeah. someone's reached out to the Action Center, and the Action Center, I would assume, determines what department that, that particular concern goes to, then it would, if, it, if it's a code compliance issue on exterior, that would be something that would go to your desk? It would come to our department, and it would go directly to the inspector in that area. 
So that inspector would then um, they'd get that call and oh, probably two or three days, they would be out to, to have a look at that property and determine whether or not a violation exists. If a violation does exist on that property, typically what we do is we leave a notice. Uh, that notice will be a, a 10 business day notice, so it ends up being right at two weeks. Uh, we give that property owner an opportunity to comply. Uh, if they do comply after that 10 days, uh, then the complaint just kind of goes away. If they do not, then the city uh, may give them a little bit more time, but typically we'll send that to a contractor to, to abate that nuisance. When you say may give them more time, I'm assuming if that particular resident responds and is, and is uh, you know, demonstrating that they're working on the issue, right? Is that, is that what we're looking at Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We, we leave uh, our phone numbers. We leave our inspectors leave their email address. So if a citizen says, hey, you know, it's been raining awfully bad here for the last few days, can I get an opportunity to take a couple extra days to get my grass cut? Or can I take an opportunity to take a couple extra days to get some junk and debris out of the yard or this derelict vehicle or what have you? What would you say is the case of residents here in Oklahoma City that as soon as they receive a notice, they comply uh, immediately? Well, I think they, they comply within that 10-day that period pretty frequently. I think we, we operate somewhere in the, the 80, 85% range or so that they will comply, especially for, the, for having their grass being a little too high. Uh, it's usually a pretty extreme consequences whenever they do not, they do not comply with that, that, grass, um, that grass notice. Well, Chad, let's talk a little bit about some of these consequences. So you, we've been talking about grass, which is a common thing. Um, and especially, like you said, when, when we start to get the weather, the grass starts to grow long. And, and then we get into a situation where mice and, and bugs and bed bugs, I mean, we've all, we've all had a neighbor at one time in our lives or other that, that is maybe not on top of that. So let's say something like that happens, or maybe it's even an issue of junk and debris in the front yard. Um, Typically, after the 10 days, if we've got no response back or they're just not demonstrating that they're going to do anything about it, what's the next step? At that time, we'll, we'll turn it over to a contractor and have that contractor come out and abate that nuisance. That process usually takes, you know, four or five days for that contractor to complete that job. And then that contractor then charges the city, and then the city pays the contractor, and then the individual gets the bill for that, or how does that work? That's correct. So that individual, the contractor will invoice the city, our department will pay the contractor, and then we'll send a bill out to the uh, property owner. If the property owner fails to pay that bill timely, then we'll file a tax lien on their property. Typically, we get alerted in real estate here as real estate agents when a pro when a property we go out to a property to give them a, a, a an estimate of what their house would be worth when we get on the market. We'll end up going out to that property. We notice maybe their neighbor has maybe some junk in the in the driveway or in the front yard. Um, that obviously, when we're doing tours on these houses, you know that new homeowner doesn't want to live next to a problem. They don't want to buy a problem, right? So one of the things sure. we recommend to our our, our individuals that are selling the home or customers 
is that they go ahead and begin this process before they even go on the market. So, you know, first off, uh, do you recommend, I mean, I've always recommended that they try to make contact first with that individual and just see if they can work it out on their own. Is that something the city also wants to see people doing? Sure. I mean, that's that's always a great idea because, you know, you're going to build that rapport with your neighbor. Uh, There could be anything happening. I know we've heard stories of, of, um, folks that are deployed and you know maybe the the woman of the house hasn't figured out how to mow the grass yet or maybe she's just not equipped to do that maybe the husband always did that and and uh stuff like that or somebody's ill in the house uh and and uh the grass is high uncharacteristically but those things happen from time to time anytime you can build a relationship with your neighbor it's only going to do you good in the long run Now, Chad, we've talked mainly about grass, and that's really, I think, the biggest cosmetic concern that we see consistently, some streets being worse than others. Let's talk about some of the other things. What is is some of the big code enforcement concerns in Oklahoma City right now? Well, I think that that there's a a number of of concerns. Grass is the number one complaint code enforcement gets every year. Uh, It it takes up about 43, 44% of our, our call volume. Uh, another big issue that we have in Oklahoma City is, is the accumulation of drunken debris on our property, um, as well as people parking their vehicle in their front yard. That's a big concern. Uh, unsecured and dilapidated buildings also, really big concerns of ours. Uh, unsecured properties here in, in town, sometimes uh, if they're left unsecured, they have other issues as well. The grass will get high there. There may be an accumulation of junk. Uh, sometimes people get into those buildings and, and cause fires as well. Now, we have quite a bit of investors that listen to this show that are usually on the buying end of a home that has been uh, derelict for quite some time. Now, that's getting less and less common as as we're getting more and more attention from more investors throughout the world in Oklahoma City. But for those that have bought a distressed home, that maybe it's got a bunch of different code and uh, violations stuck to the front door, or they go to transfer the title and they see all these liens that maybe the city's put on it due to uh, mowing or junk or, or having to go in. And I'm assuming in some cases, I've seen uh, locks put on the front door, and then, and then in one particular case, we had to contact you guys to get a uh, code to the lockbox that was on the property in order to gain access to that property. So all those violations, as they begin to stack up, and let's say, for example, maybe the, the, the state on a tax basis, that goes up for auction, they purchase that auction. Do they, does that new owner then go to code enforcement and they then have to pay those violations? Well, some instances, yes. Uh, if the county does not uh, collect those those uh, fees whenever they have the tax sale, then those fees will st- still be left there to be collected uh, from code enforcement. I've seen it done both ways. Uh, it seems like sometimes they do collect them, sometimes they don't. But either way, you know, the city that means the city has paid a contractor to abate a nuisance and use funds. Uh, from the city to do so, taxpayers fund, and and we just basically have to pay the taxpayers back. 
So at that time, then I a lot of times the title company takes care of that lien because we, we we've got to get the title clear to get title insurance policies. But if they're buying it through, let's say maybe a wholesaler, um, then they would just basically maybe call code enforcement first. Is that what you guys recommend? They call that action center before they end up purchasing that well, property just to double check, or is there a way they can find out? Sure, they can always call code enforcement. You know, uh, they can do their title research if it, if it's still on there. That uh, after the title and uh, research, they can contact our office two nine seven two three one seven, and we can we can get them the information that's there, what the tax lien's for, and and um, tell them how much it is. Now, for for the grass violation, which from what I understand. Um, now, every city is different if you're in Midwest City or you're in Dell City. But for Oklahoma City, what are the fines look like for something like that? Well, I, 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 it all varies because the city, uh, I think the minimum we have is like $70 for the contractor's portion of it. Then we have a $250 administrative fee uh, for grass. So you're looking at $250 fine pl- administration fee plus at a minimum the $70. Right. Uh, that gets pretty expensive fast. And that's and that's for every time they come out to do it, right? That's correct. Wow. So if you've left a property sitting unmaintained, you could have this start to add up and, and could be thousands of dollars. Could be. Now, what do we find when, when we've got, you know, I mean, I've just even driven around as I'm doing tours or maybe uh, investors call it driving for dollars where they drive through Oklahoma City and they look for houses that are that are that um, look like they're, they've just been left or uncared for and they try to contact that owner to try to negotiate with them. But there's some cases where we've seen homes just sitting for years at a time and just tried to track down the owner, not, not seen that at all. What happens in those cases where the home literally is just abandoned? Well, when the when the home continues to be neglected, the city just we, we do the best we can to stay diligent with that property. Uh, so we would continue to work any any uh, violations that were on the property. When we talk about an abandoned property, I mean there's really not uh, anything in place that that makes somebody occupy a home. It's not illegal in Oklahoma City to have a home that's not occupied. Uh, so that's that's the big thing. But the the homes that are that are in bad shape, you know, continue to make those complaints to the action center. Code enforcement continues to work those those uh, properties and hopefully uh, encourages the owner at some point in time to to uh, take care of that property. Now, does code enforcement care about whether utilities are on at the particular residence? Uh, only if it's only if it's occupied. <laughs> If it's unoccupied, it's not necessary to have them on. There's not a, a code that, that makes someone uh, have utilities there. So if it's occupied and there's an individual living in that home, and we've seen this several times, just actually three times just last year, uh, where an individual is basically maybe in a foreclosure process or something like that, and they've really reached the end of their their luck, if you will, or, or their... You know, life's getting rough, and and they they've maybe stopped paying their mortgage. 
They've stopped paying their utilities. They're living in that home without plumbing. Maybe they're either borrowing a neighbor's water hose, maybe with or without permission, or they're going out and getting, I met a gentleman a couple days ago that was getting water jugs and bringing them in each day and then, you know, flushing with the water jugs and then flush it and then, you know, drinking, you know, and, and doing dishes and stuff with these water jugs. And his utilities had been off for a year, still living in the home. So you're saying in an instant like that, where they, you are occupying the home, it becomes what a health and safety issue for the right. residents around. Right. City County health would get involved in that, but by calling the action center, uh, that can summon the city county health department out there as well. Excellent. Now, go, you know, you've done a great job of answering these questions, and it really sounds like the Action Center is is the start to all of these concerns, and we just need to direct people to the Action Center. What do you Absolutely. see? I mean, you've you've been in the city long enough now. I mean, my gosh, two decades. Um, you've seen kind of an evolution of population increase. We've also seen kind of a change in culture existing in Oklahoma City. What do you see for the next, let's say, five to 10 years in Oklahoma City? Have you seen um, an increase in in care for, for cleanliness in the city? I know in the 80s, we had an issue where a lot of people left the city. It was kind of a big exodus after, uh, what was it, Penn Banks, uh, you know, collapsed, and we had a lot of finance issues going on, uh, kind of the recession of Oklahoma City in the 80s. Now that we're in 2019, going into 2020, what do you see for the streets? I mean, is our goal to have everything nice and clean like a modern city? I mean, what's, how are we doing that? Sure. I mean, our goal is to, to provide the best service that we can here out of code enforcement. But I think it's also important for the city um, to provide the best services that they can. I, I mean, uh, everyone in, with the city seems to be very excited with the direction the city's uh, headed. I know that affordable housing is a big issue right now with the city. Um, and, and then just to continue the momentum that, that's, that we've had for the last 20 or so years, you know. Uh, we've got a new MAPS project uh, going to be voted on here uh, next month, and uh, I think that, that everybody with the city is uh, excited for that as well. Excellent, excellent. So for the recommendation, for those that we did an investor bus tour about two years ago, and we brought in a bunch of investors from different cities, and they were all on one little bus, and we drove around uh, the city kind of looking at at different parts. And, And some of the comments were, you know, some of the streets felt like Detroit. And, and as some people may know, Detroit has been uh, the product of kind of a, a, a recession of their own, you know, back, you know, even just 10 years ago. And so there are some streets, to be honest, in Oklahoma City that look pretty rugged and that look pretty impoverished. And what are we to do in those cases? Is that an issue of people not reporting that or is that a short on manning or is that an issue where... You know, no one really says anything because it's a poverty issue. You know, we they don't have the money to fix up their house or move the junk away and that kind of thing. What's going on in those cases, and how can we solve that? Well, I think it's a little bit of all uh, of, of those factors. Um, I think the best way to resolve any of the issues is to continue to make contact with the Action Center, let code enforcement get out there and, and uh, work that property for any code violations that may exist. That's, that's the biggest key, uh, is making us aware that the, the uh, issue exists out there. 
I currently have uh, 25 positions uh, here in the city of Oklahoma City for code inspector uh, officers that we have go out in the field. And they, they service the whole 600 plus, plus miles of the metro area. So, um, you know, they, they certainly have more than they can do in a day's time, but they do a really good job for us, I, I believe. Uh, but making sure the Action Center knows that, that there's some concerns in the area is the, the best way to let us know that there's concerns in the area. Excellent. Well, Chad, I know you're a busy man. I want to let you get back to it. I appreciate you taking time today to help uh, inform the citizens and of, of what they can do to get involved. There's so much excitement in Oklahoma City, and it's really cool to see an evolution of such uh, beauty going on. I mean, new infrastructure, you know, we're voting for new maps here within, you know, uh, next year we're going to have the convention center open. I mean, just some incredible things going on. Uh, so, Chad, thanks for taking time with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Good day. All right, folks. So you heard Chad there at the city code enforcement managing 25 uh, individuals who go throughout the city to check on what's going on with the complaints coming from the action center. Okay. Sounds to me after listening to Chad, that the city is working hard to deal with these issues as they arise. So part of our tasks is to let that action center know, here's the issue that's going on. Again, with only 25 people, and you've got a 600 square mile, 620 square mile city that they've got to cover uh, with 25 people, you can tell, you know, they, it's, it's going to be tough. So they need the help. They need the issues. Um, you can read all about code enforcement on their website. You can find out what type of conditions qualify for code enforcement violations. Okay, if you're unsure, you can check that out on the website. But generally, if you are thinking that it's going to be a code violation, most times it is. You guys are really smart. You guys and girls understand the concept of a beautiful city. And we all want our property values to continue rising in Oklahoma City. We want this to be a great place to live for our kids, for our renters, for our um, our future, um, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. You want this city to be a great city to live in. And part of that is, is taking care of the stuff we already have. And that's what code enforcement's job is, is to come in there and help assist uh, by providing those contractors to clean up the mess so that our property values and that our health and safety isn't affected by somebody's situation. Uh, you can call me anytime. Again, uh, I am a realtor myself. I help people find homes, but in a way that I help you know the market and I help you know a little bit more about what I've learned working in Oklahoma City so that you can make the right decision whether you're buying for an investment or you're buying for your primary dwelling. We don't sell homes here. We place homes with the right people that need those homes and it fits a perfect gap. We find that they're a lot happier six months later than somebody that just sold them a home. So thanks for watching the show. As always, you can go on okcrealestateshow.com. I've been working really hard to try to keep that website up to date with current news. I've been writing some blog articles that are interactive really trying to provide knowledge here because again my heart is driven from those calls that i get from you folks six months a year maybe two years after you've purchased a property and something has happened and your heart is hurt i get a call last night about a fireplace that that's not working properly where the inspector didn't 
check the fireplace. You know, these kind of concerns I learn from and I help that way going forward, we can have less and less issues and we can have that happiness factor higher and that peaceful factor higher because it's very stressful when you have a house that's not performing well or there's something that you didn't, you weren't told about or maybe you got ahead with your emotions and you purchased a house that really didn't fit your needs and then later you have that huge buyer's remorse. So anyways, check out OKC Real Estate show.com you can email me anytime folks i'm here for you thanks for watching for more information and to listen or watch online visit okcrealestateshow.com